Um, so someone dropped some medication in the parking lot or vitamins or something like that. And someone's talking to me, I guess. Uh, anyhow, if, you, if you're missing whatever you're missing, it's right there, okay? The DEA's been called, and so we've got a tracking device on it. It's good to have the coons with us. Come preach for us, my brother. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, sort of alluded to this in the Sunday school hour that we want to talk at the conclusion of the veterans, uh, you know, uh, uh, celebration here, remembrance, honoring, uh, uh, that that we really want to walk out with a challenge at the end of this. Uh, Hopefully the whole day has been, hey, we, we need to be deliberate, we need to do it on purpose. We, we need to understand uh, uh, that we're in a real spiritual battle and, 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 and the fact that it's not a waste. Just persevere. If it costs your whole life, I, I, so many verses to talk about. You know, doesn't the Gospels tell us if a man gains the whole world and loses his own soul, where's the value in that? And, you know, we, we, we want to conclude with this idea of walking worthy of our vocation. Walking worthy of our vocation. Everybody that's been in the military or even the dependents and the family understand, you know, when you put on a uniform, you represent more than yourself. You know, you represent the history of the Army or the Marine Corps, the Navy. You represent the command. You represent the unit. It matters how you look and how you go out. And, you know, and and, and I, I really... I, I have no animosity in any branch of service. I mean, I've served in half of them myself. But, you know, I have no animosity against any branch of service. I, I, I think it's important that we understand how we identify with all these things. The Navy guy was telling me earlier, I need to remember that the Marine Corps is part of the Department of the Navy. And I told him, yes, the Marine Corps is the men's Department of the Navy. And... Uh, I, I never want to disappoint, and Mrs. Beavers told me, I didn't give appropriate Air Force jokes today. And so I did notice that when they were passing out the coffee that the dark roast went to the Marine Corps. And the light roast, <laughs> the light roast, the real wheat coffee, yeah, yeah, went to the Air Force. I don't know what that's saying, but... Uh, anyways, it, it is good to be here, and I want us to really consider this idea of walking worthy of our vocation. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word. We ask that you'll bless our study of it, Lord. May it uh, not just be the fellowship and the singing and the special music, uh, uh, Lord, uh, uh, but, but the sermon and the response to that, that we can walk out of here and say, truly, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, we walk out of it changed because of what we've learned from you. May we have the courage to uh, uh, make the corrections that you highlight. And Lord, may we take the encouragement that you're giving us where we're doing it right. And Lord, may we continue to be faithful and obedient to you. Bless this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the, the word right off the bat here, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech. This is a Greek word, uh, uh, paracles. It means to implore, to desire, and Paul saying, hey, I, I, I beseech you, I beg of you, I desire of you that you walk worthy of your vocation. Because it matters how we walk in the Christian life. Not for salvation. Don't get that confused. It's not for salvation. We don't do good so we can earn heaven. 
We're on a path to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. You know, it's got nothing to do with us other than we accept, I think, the easy way. People like to make it the hard way. But, you know, it's funny. You know, there's this... this, uh, uh, religious exercise out there, and a lot of people are calling it easy believism. And I, I dislike that word uh, because believing is easy. I call it easy prayerism, all right? You guys work with me on that? You know, just to lead someone in a prayer and say, all right, you're saved because you repeated a, a phrase or a word. That, that's not how it works. You know, you don't, we don't recite catechism or anything to get salvation. We don't recite a prayer off the back of a track. Now, if the message in that track led us to that point and, and the words that they use help us to pray a heart that is repentant and a heart that is accepting and realizing our need for salvation, great. But, you know, the, the, it's not the reciting of the prayer that gets us saved. It's not the, uh, the giving of the offering or the attendance at church or the, uh, the, the singing, uh, the giving back of a talent and an instrument or singing. It, it, it's not the uh, taking on a, a role and responsibility as a teacher or deacon or leader in the church that makes us Christian enough for heaven. It's what Jesus did that does that. And the rest... Uh, by believing in him, then we say, because I realize what he's done, I'm going to follow that pattern. I'm going to walk worthy of what he's done. Now, I have made a big deal about the last name Coon. C-O-O-N. My boys, you're proud of being a Coon. You know, Coon, Coon. It's such a dorky name. But, you know, we're working on it. And and then I had a daughter. I can't convince her. Now, I've never been a hyphen kind of guy. You know, when my wife gets married, when she married me, she never became Kramer Coon or anything. Bless God, you're a coon now. You're a coon, all right? But my daughter is thinking of someday getting rid of the name Coon. She told me that she's Instagram is Elizabeth Noel right now. And I said, so... So Kuhn didn't even make it while you still have that name legally. And she said, no, and she's interested in a fella, and she, you know, knows his last name. And she told me if the Lord would lead, and that would be the fella, what her new Instagram name would be. And I said, you're missing a hyphen and a Kuhn. <laughs> and she said, no, Dad, I'm not. She's disowned. Oh, we, we don't even... We only keep her around for house cleaning duties now. But you know, the reality is, is that what's in a name, right? What's in a name? There are times in our life, everybody who served in service knows that there are people that served in in uniform that brought shame to that. that. That, you know, brought shame to a unit, brought shame to our nation, brought shame to their uniform. There, there is, I don't, I'm not trying to say anything weird, but there are some guys that I think, you know, if they hadn't enlisted into the military and been sent off to war, they were probably going to be mass murderers as civilians. A little scary kind of thing. There were some people that I served with that couldn't wait to go to battle. And I'm not talking about young guys that didn't know any different. I'm talking about people that were a little scary. And there were times that, they, that part of a unit, that we would make sure that they were not in the service very long if we identified that. You know, there's, there's just uh, there's some kids that kick, their, kick puppies and put cats in bags and join the military service. And, you know, that wasn't healthy when they were kids, and it's not healthy now that they're in the military with, the, with an armed a uh, dangerous weapon, and so forth. And, you know, not everybody that is in service brings honor to the service. And as we've been making connections all day between veterans and military service and service to the Lord, we understand that not everybody in the Christian walk has brought worthiness to the service of title Christian. In fact, nowadays, it's it used to be a time that you would say, well, yeah, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Baptist. Nowadays, you can't even say that. In fact, I was pastoring in uh, McPherson, Kansas, 
when, uh, well, it would have been your neighbors up here, West Burrell, you know, was a little more predominant, and they were protesting uh, all the funerals, and of course, Westboro Baptist, and I'm a Baptist pastor in Kansas, so I must be of that Westboro-like, and you know, no, they're not even Baptist, you know, they're not even the same thing, but people get connected with things, and it brings unworthiness, it brings shame, and, and we understand that. Can I tell you, though, That's not an excuse for us to bring shame. We've got to walk worthy, sort of going back to Sunday school. We've got to do it on purpose, for a purpose, with dedication. We've got to be deliberate. We've got to walk worthy. Why? It's new to us. (laughs) Boot camp. Let me go back a little further. In... in, uh, I know you find this hard to believe about me. <laughs> Maybe not. All right. But when I was in high school, I was, I was like the foster boys. You know, I was good looking and I knew it. You know, <laughs> I had my hair combed the right way. Yeah, you're the youngest one. You still got it, right? Yeah, I got the hair combed the right way. Now, back then, we didn't care about the hole in the ozone. In fact, we used Aquanet and put most of the hole in the ozone. <laughs> I had a hair swoop, that thing was like an umbrella. I could gather three or four people, and we could stay out of the weather. You know, and I had a swoop, and man, I had a head of hair, all within regs, you know, because I was Baptist, all within regs, but man, I had a, I had a quaff. I, I, I could let my hair and chew on my bangs, you know, they had that much. So I could let it comb out and chew on, look at me, man, I've got it all. And, you know, I... I had the swoop and I was, in, and I was I was known in high school as CC. That was a nickname. All the girls gave it to me. I was cute and conceited, and uh, uh, so I was CC. And you know, I, I'd flirt with every girl that came around. My wife and I we met. She was attending another church, and our churches would do youth group uh, activities together. And uh, the first time we met, I was sitting on the couch with two other girls from my youth group flirting with him, and she walked by to go to the bathroom, and I tried to flirt with her, and she didn't give me time of day, and uh, I fooled her, and uh, now she's stuck with me. She should have kept walking, but you know, the reality, you know, I just thought I was all that, and then I I really, you know, my dad was a pastor. I was supposed to go to Bible college. I did a year, didn't have any interest, didn't have a heart for God, and, and it, military was away because I grew in a church that did Veterans Days and Memorial Days and honored that. And it was a way for me to sneak, sneakily with rebellion in my heart, go into the military. And I did. And I sat, uh, uh, got on the bus, went to uh, boot camp at Fort Knox, Kentucky, got off the, the bus, got yelled at, got put in a barber chair, and I still had my hair. And the barber asked me, did I have any requests? <laughs> I didn't know what he was saying. I, wasn't, I was a know-it-all kid and didn't watch enough movies, I guess. But, uh, uh, yeah, can I keep some of it? And he said, sure, hold out your hands. <laughs> and he cut it all off. And when we got out of that chair, we all looked the same. Uh, deer in the headlights, eyeballs bald hair, being told to take everything that we brought civilian, put it in a bag, and we'll see it at the end if we survive boot camp at the end of it, you know, eight weeks later. No identity. We're about to become soldiers. Now, uh, you think I'd be a little bit smarter. Then I joined the Marine Corps in 95 and went back to boot camp in the Marine Corps as a 26-year-old. They called me grandma. And, uh, uh, you know, I went back to boot camp as a 26-year-old. This time when the barber asked, it, there was nothing. I was already pre-shaved, ready to go, you know. The, the, the idea of, you know, you are being changed, you're being molded into a soldier, into a Marine, into an airman. doesn't matter your background. By the way, every kid in boot camp's got the best car, the prettiest girl, left a scholarship, uh, you know, he's got all the money in the bank, and this is just what he's doing on the weekend. 
right? The reality is most of us didn't want to be fry guys at McDonald's anymore and thought this was a path forward. You know, we, 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 we are being molded into something else. You, you, you're preacher's kid, you got a head of hair and got the swoop going on it. It doesn't matter. You're now a soldier learning how to march with your left foot first. They, they, they don't even let you do In the Marine Corps, it was worse. They changed the names of items. Tennis shoes became go-fasters, because when you put them on, you go faster. And, you know, uh, pens, writing pens became ink sticks. Flashlights became moonbeams, <laughs> so you can see at night. And they changed terminology on you. Uh, uh, this is not a floor, it's a deck. And, you know, the, uh, uh, the ideas that uh, you would learn your terminology would change. Why? Because you're changing your culture, changing your identity. And the first thing we need to realize about this idea that we have a vocation we need to walk worthy of, we need to understand that the day we got saved, we took on a different vocation. We, we were, whatever age it was that you got saved, your trajectory, your path changed. Your path changed. The Bible describes it as being on a wide path leading to destruction. And because of an occasion to believe in Jesus, you took a narrow way that leads to paradise, that leads to heaven. And in taking that narrow way, the priorities of our life have changed. At least in God's view, hopefully in your view. God's requirements for you now as a steward in his army are different than what they were before you got saved. God's relationship with you is different than before you got saved. God's expectation, your power, your abilities are different than they were before you got saved. You know, before you got saved, if you were worried about a career... That wasn't a bad thing, because that's what the world that is not seeking after God, that's what they're expected to worry about, temporal things. But as a believer now, we're to have our view on heavenly things, eternal things. And I'm not saying that you can't have retirement and careers and set yourself up for success and your family behind you, but not at the cost of eternal things. If we're going to walk worthy of our vocation, we've got to understand that we're in a new vocation first. Second, we've got to understand that we're of a new character. The idea that he says here that, you know, we, we walk worthy of the vocation with us, he tells us the issues by which we are to do that. Lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4, there is one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. We have a different character in this vocation. When I came out of Marine boot camp and took 10 days of leave, I was strutting blues. I looked good. Now, I was 26. I, I look like I've eaten a Marine and a half now. But this is like two Marines all wrapped up in this one Marine body. All right, I know. I'm 52, and I don't run at all. And... Uh, uh, I don't even run to the refrigerator anymore, right? You know, the, uh, the, the, I, I just don't run. I make a car payment, so I don't have to. And, uh, uh, you know, I just don't run. I don't exercise. I watch war movies, and that's about as much exercise as I get. I sweat a little bit. And, you know, uh, these are the things that we're doing. But when I left boot camp, I, now, understand, I was an Army puke when I went into Marine boot camp. They, they, they identified that. If you know anything about the... The Marines, uh, they have drill instructors. The Army has drill sergeants. Are they drill sergeants in the Air Force? Technical sergeants? Technical trainers. Okay. 
Uh, so they had these terms and, uh, uh, you know, that they identify. Well, I was an Army puke, had done time in the Army, coming in the Marine Corps. They, didn't, they weren't impressed. I said, no, I'm Marine Plus. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't appreciate that. You know, I was an Army puke, and so they, they, they thought I needed help along the way in doing all these things, and so they provided that assistance. But, you know, now the expectation was my Army training I could not rely on. Uh, they figured out that I knew how to march. So instead of marching with the very new recruits in boot camp in the first couple weeks, they had me go exercise, you know, because they were concerned about my health. No, they were trying to get me to quit. And they put me in the pit. They call it island hopping campaign. You go from sand pit to sand pit on Paris Island. It's a whole lot of love and joy and compassion shared with you. And uh, so, you know, I was in that, and uh, all I could do, all I could do is, is, is say, I knew I had muscle failure. I knew they could not make me do what physically I could not do anymore. And they would make me sound off. I love the Army. They'd try to make me sing. The, they're the ones that taught me there was an Army theme song, oddly enough. Yeah, the Marine Corps did. Uh, you know, sing it for me. A guy pulled it up on a DI, pulled it up on his drill instructor on his cell phone trying to teach me uh, the, the song. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was funny. But the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the transformation that was going on all I could do to respond is do as many as I could and then tell them, thank you for helping me with my final PFT. Thank you for helping this Marine get stronger. Thank because if I thought anything else, it was not going to be good words and it was not going to be a, of a kind nature, you know. I wanted to call them all names, make fun of their moms. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to get up and punch them. I wanted, you know, I did not want to be there anymore. But I knew that I wanted to finish boot camp wanted to be a Marine. I was going to have to put up with that. And, and the reality was, they were making me stronger. By the time I finished at 26, I was stronger and able to do more things than I did when I first joined the Army at 19. I was in better shape. I, 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 I uh, you know, I, I could run like the wind, well, slow wind, sort of asthmatic, but, uh, you know, I could run and I could uh, uh, do pull-ups. I'd never done pull-ups. In the Army, it's push-ups. And I learned how to get my body just right and sort of rock on my toes and do push-ups. So, you know, I could cheat in push-ups. I could never get the kipping in, in pull-ups. So it would have to be muscles that I have to do pull-ups. And, you know, I could do pull-ups. I could do push-ups. I could run. I had all these things going. And it was because of the pressure they put on me. When we go through life... We don't think it's good. When they, were, when they were putting it on me and making me fill my, my, my camis with sand, all my, all my pockets fill up with sand, fill up all my uh, front pockets, my back pockets, my leg pockets, my blouse pockets, I'd fill them all up with sand, and I'm hot and sweaty, and it's March in South Carolina, and uh, uh, Paris Island is known for their sand fleas, and we are in a relationship, me and these sand fleas, you know, and I've got them all in me. Never, it didn't matter how much you emptied out your pockets. It was a, my laundry was done with a hose on the line outside. I mean, that was just to get the sand out of it. But it made me stronger. In the moment, it made me want to quit. In the moment, it made me second guess, why am I here? If I'd stayed in the army, I'd be this rank, but I decided to go in the Marine Corps because they had a better career path. Why did I do this? I had left my wife with our oldest son in Pensacola, Florida. I'd actually gone to the MEP station and had just taken an overnight bag and had gone to the MEP station just to see what they had done and did the final paperwork. The expectation was I was going to go home from the MEP station. I never did. I just called her and said, hey, they got an opening. I'm going now. We'd already talked about me going. So that was it. Left her with the baby, uh, pregnant with our second son, and went to boot camp. And for three months, no pay. And I was the primary uh, breadwinner, and we were renting an apartment. She was working at Pensacola Christian College. And, boy, there were some challenges right off the bat. And there was times that 
I was not treated like the grown man with a wife and a kid and a kid on the way. I was treated like a recruit scumbag. And it was, it would have been easy to quit. It would have been a relief to quit. I was weary in mentally and physically and emotionally. I was raw. That I had a new vocation and a new character and a new goal that I was going to finish and be a Marine. And the times they wanted me to quit, I didn't quit. And the times I wanted to quit, I couldn't find any of them to quit to. And, you know, it just sort of worked out like that. And at the end of it, to hear the the, the the series commander call my name and, you know, present me with the Eagle Globe and Anchor and identify me as a Marine. And when my uh, DIs turn from being demons in the spawn of Satan to becoming fellow Marines and shook my hand and welcomed me into the Marine Corps, it was worth it. Those that have gone through military, or you understand, those of you that have gone through anything, whether, whether it's a, a job career, maybe college, you, you persevered through those times, and you get to the end where they call your name, and it's a job well done, that's at the end of our vocation spiritually. Persevere. Stay by it. Understand, it's a new vocation since salvation. It's a new character because of the Holy Spirit and the change and the goal that we have in our life. The enemy is the same. The enemy that has been fighting against uh, 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 God's plan from the very beginning, it's the same. By the way, his tactics are the same. And the answer to success is the same. It's Jesus. He can, I think sometimes, sometimes we get to where it's, it's like the struggle between good and evil. And I heard a song this morning uh, uh, about, well, you know, it was building up to Jesus won. Jesus won. And, and you know, on Calvary, Jesus was proclaimed the winner. Can I tell you, he's always won. We became the winners because of Calvary. He's always won. It's not, you know, Darth Vader against Luke Skywalker. And, you know, oh, they go back and forth. And, you know, they, they got lightsabers. And who's going to overcome the other? No. There's no competition with the devil to God. No competition at all. We are on the winning side. We have the success. We have the ability to overcome. And he talks about it here. Then, then our goal of walking worthy is to understand our new vocation, to understand our, our, our new character. But there's a third element. And I think it's for everybody who's out of the military. This is one of the things we talk about. I have met very few people that got out of the military and said, boy, I miss chow hall food. I miss getting up at 5 o'clock and going to PT. <laughs> very few people say that. When they talk about missing the military, they're talking about their comrades, the friends that they had while they were in. And don't you know this scripture is talking about the unity of our vocation? He says that we're to walk worthy of this vocation, tells us the characteristics by which we have the loneliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So we're, we're in a new vocation. We're in a new character. And we have a new team. And I'm afraid sometimes the Lord's army is the only armies in the world that shoots its own wounded. Sometimes we do more to tear down each other. Do more to leave each other back. Well, they're not the same. I get it. I get it. We've got to mark those that cause division. We've got to separate. There's a time for that. There is. Now, 
By the way, not to, not to split hairs, but that's sort of given the church leadership not to church congregation to start dividing and separating and marking and division. That's given to the church pastors, church leaders. And you've got to follow that example of the pastor and the church leader and do those things that way. And, and you know, the, the idea is to be. And, and church discipline, that's not used very often, but the Bible way that it's used is focused towards restoration, not rejection. It's designed to restore. Yet we, we do it in, you know, like this Amish, we're going to kick them out of the, of the hive or something like that. You know, the reality is, is we need to be focused on restoring and keeping the team intact, keeping the Lord's army focused on the same thing. It's that new vocation, that new character, that new goal, that new team. And we're going to overcome. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of God. But infighting and division and derision, it can. It can defeat the church of God. There was, there was no, no shame in losing any competition, any, any uh, uh, a sporting event, anything marine to marine no no shame in that i mean you'd fight and bloody and teeth and when i played football in uh, unit football in in the military i mean the referees almost let the marine corps to marine corps i mean you know the rules were not the same when it was marine unit to marine unit you do everything except openly break an arm and <laughs> kill a guy or anything like that it was a but if we took on another branch of service air force or uh uh, Navy or Army or whatever else, you know, there was sometimes some real animosity that carried on from there. You know, there was no lost love, and you could just destroy them. They're not part of us, you know. And then it was funny because you can see some of the, the ribbon we give each other as veterans, but then someone come up who's not a veteran and try to pick in there. And it was like, you know, you, you, hey, back off, civvy. You know, you know, who do you think you are? These are Air Force. They're our brothers. They're really in the military. Okay. They, they're close to the military. And, you know, but, uh, you know the, uh, the reality is, is that we've got to be the right kind of team. It does us no good, you know, the... So we stand, stand with each other in line here. And, and uh, you know, we, we have to start comparing who can do more push-ups right now. Miss Beavers would probably beat us all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we can uh, decide who's going to do the most push-ups or who's going to be able to do the most squats. The, the challenge would be who drops her phone and can pick it up without assistance, right? <laughs> I mean... All of us old timers, I'm like that. It, more groans and knees and, uh, you know, try to get down to get something. And who can groan the loudest getting back up? I don't know why that helps, but it helps. I'm learning as I get older. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that it's not about comparing which branch did what, who served during what days or whatever else. You know, I, I find it funny when I was talking to the Marines and I'd tell them, yeah, I served in... Uh, the 80s, back at the end of the Cold War, when there were two Germanys and one Czechoslovakia. Nowadays, there's one Germany and the country of Czech and Slovakia. And, you know, it's a changed world for sure. And, and spiritually, things change. Church is different. The, the, the response of people in the, at the world at large is different to church. You know, the, the there aren't sitcoms like the Cleavers on TV anymore telling us uh, good moral code and quoting Bible verses and stuff like that. There's the modern family that's very confused and scary. And that's entertainment for us. But that's also a microcosm of a glimpse of what America looks like. What's not changed is the fact that we serve a God that is eternal. And he's put us in a path. I love, I love one thing about the Marine Corps. Another thing I love about the Marine Corps. I love that the Marine Corps doesn't let you use the word ex-Marine. 
Once a Marine, always a Marine. Exes are things you don't like. Ex-boss, ex-wife, you know, something like that. You can say you're a former Marine. But once a Marine, always a Marine. Every Marine hears that. And there's an expectation, even as a former Marine, that I'm supposed to still uphold uh, the things and stand for the, uh, you know, the honors of a Marine and, and, and salute and all those things like I would if I was still a Marine. Because once a Marine, always a Marine. Hey, Christian, God wants that for us. We're in this vocation. I know sometimes we mess up. There were times I didn't do the Marine thing the right way all the time. Sometimes it was tough. I cut corners. There's times that, uh, you know, I was supposed to uh, clean weapons for the month, and I just signed off that I did. You know, ah, why do I got to go clean my weapon again? I clean it every month. I haven't fired it in three, and, you know, what's the big deal? Well, I should have... I knew. I know now. I know now. I can tell you. Don't ask. I feel guilty. But uh, how many times I lied about that. Well, what's a big deal? It's a little thing. I know. The devil convinces that in our spiritual battle. It's a little thing. It's a little thing. Bible reading, prayer time, passing out tracts. I start to feel guilty when tracts wear out in my pockets. I took one the other day. As pastors, you may not realize that, but we sweat up here under these lights and everything. And You know, I've had to replace that back one that's closest. It's a little sweaty. And I think, man, I can't pass this out to anybody. And then I think, why didn't I already pass that out to someone? I start thinking, well, I put tracks in my pocket. I got them in there, but when's the last time I went to the track rack to fill up my pocket? It's little things like that. And I know, I know this is not meant to make you feel guilty about, well, man, the little things. There's people I pass all the time. I don't tell them. I don't pass out tracks. I get it. I get it. We, 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 we can't be consumed by the, what we've missed. We can't. But what we can do is when we're reminded to walk worthy. Walk worthy of the vocation that we've been called. Walk in a humble meek way, a right way, under that new character with a, a bringing our team along. And, and maybe you didn't pass out tracks. And this isn't for us on Sunday to start taking accountability. All right, how many tracks you pass out this week? How many pass you tra-? People start lying about stuff like that, all right? Don't, don't put people in a position like that. But encourage each other. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pass out five this week. Can we pray that I pass out five this week? Yeah, I will. Hey, I'll, can I join you and pass out five too? Yeah, you pass out five, I'll pass out five. And don't leave them all at the same place at the drink counter in, uh, you know, the quick trip or anything. But, you know, we need to do something. We need to walk worthy. Not every Marine goes into combat, but every Marine needs to be ready for combat. Not every Marine is a is a, uh, a, a, a infantryman in the Army, uh, 11 Bravo. Not every Marine is that, uh, you know, going into uh, in the combat right away. Now, the Marine Corps says every Marine is a basic rifleman, and you need to know your rifle. You need to be ready to patrol. You need to do it, even if you're in communication or intelligence or a cook. You need to be ready to serve whatever's needed. If the Marines know that, and, you know, we've gathered, they're not the brightest in the bunch. The Marines know that. Why don't we as Christians understand that? We need to walk worthy of our vocation. Make Christian mean something in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. My hope all day has been to encourage not to beat up or, or to come in like a guest preacher and just throw a bunch of grenades and cause trouble. And I, I hope the answer is stay by the stuff. I hope, I hope it's understood that uh, been there. 
Every person in this room has been in the same boat, maybe going through it right now, may have just come out of something, or maybe getting ready to go into something. But Lord, you're faithful. You're loving. You give us strength. You're the one who's given us the call. You're the command that we're to follow. And so, Lord, may we walk worthy of our vocation. The Marines can identify themselves through a dress blue uniform. Uh, the, the Navy through its strength power. The Air Force through its uh, 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 far-reaching uh, bombers. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Army through its uh, uh, artillery and, and uh, uh, force uh, multipliers. Lord, we, we can project that power forward in the world's military, how much more of eternal things the Christians reject the power of God forward to grasp people out of, out of the reaches of hell. It has eternal value, our vocation. It has eternal consequences when we fail. Lord, may we commit, may we recommit that we'll be found faithful and walk worthy of our vocation. Let's stand to our feet. During this invitation, again, I hope it's a challenge not to beat you up or anything. We'll be singing, cleanse me. But I hope you'll be thinking about the message, examining your life. Am I walking worthy of the Christian walk? Am I walking worthy of what God's called me to? I know we're not perfect. That's not what it's asking but worthy, or are we bringing dishonor and shame? I hope not, as we sing. for the pots. Uh, Brother Matt's mom has just uh, gotten worse and worse. She hasn't eaten for about seven days now. Uh, so they're headed out on Tuesday to go be with his mom. And so I would imagine that her time on this earth is short. And so uh, pray for Brother Matt and his family uh, as they go. And uh, then also uh, Brother Carl Tracy is in Colorado, headed back this way, so he'll be on the road, and you can pray for him traveling mercy. Doc, and students, if you go to the back. Well, it's good to have the Coons with us today. Uh, let's go over some announcements. Uh, tomorrow, there's a Senior Saint, Senior Saint Thanksgiving Luau. Uh, it's going to be here at 11.30 a.m., um, and if you sign up, it's 
Silas know we're going to be able to make it. Uh, and there's a youth rally coming up at First Baptist Church of Mission, Kansas, November 18th. No cost to the event. Uh, they'll leave church at 6 p.m. and return at 10, 10, 10 o'clock p.m. Uh, we're also going to observe the Lord's Supper on Tuesday, November 22nd, 7 o'clock for all church members. Uh, we will not have be having services on, on Wednesday evening. Um, church offices will be closed from 23rd through the there's also going to be a Christian business, missions offering um, on December 4th, an offering for our missionaries that we support. Um, so if you're able to, this picking up an offering on December 4th. Um, and then we have a Christmas program coming up on December 11th in the morning service. And uh, be sure to invite friends and family. And uh, just continue to remember uh, Brother Marty Bush, he's recovering from knee replacement surgery. Mrs. Chen's. Uh, He's recovered from her surgery and be with Miss um, remember Starbucks family. Starbucks mother passed away this morning. Let's keep them in prayers. Uh, Brother Bob, would you mind? 